Yo, it's Saf, Brian Saf, that is your host, <laughs> uh, back again for another episode of the Talk and Play Blurry Cast. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate it. If you read the title, I'm pretty sure you can um, figure out <laughs> what's going on. I put some things in the, the description area <laughs> so you can kind of get a feel of what's going on. But I'm on the mic. I'm talking about it. So basically... I am, I don't know, trying to figure out a way to streamline the podcast, right? Like, I'm on here, I talk about whatever I want to talk about, whatever piques my interest as far as, you know, blackness or, you know, blurredom and geek culture and all that shit, gaming, everything like that. And um, I enjoy it, but I just want to make sure that I'm, like, presenting my uh, thoughts and opinions and talents and arts in the, like, you know, best palatable way. Uh, so what I did was for TV, I kind of just created like a segment, I guess this would be. So <laughs> segment is called The Watch List, and it is going to comprise of three like sub, I guess, uh, sections. <laughs> what I'm currently watching, um, you know, and the latest with that. Uh, this would probably be more along the lines of recaps for TV shows that I'm just like super, super into. And then another sub uh, category is next up, which is pretty much what I have next on the watch list that I want to check out. Things that have caught my attention, things that I'm definitely going to watch once I finish other shit. Because, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for X amount of time now, you can pretty much tell I get sidetracked a lot when it comes to TV because there's always so much dope shit coming on TV. So that's what next up is going to be. Me talking about what's next for my focus as far as uh, the series and TV shows and shit and movies and things are concerned. Um, and they're coming soon. You know, they dropping trailers damn near every day for new series, movies and all kind of shit. It'll just be my little section of this particular segment of me talking about the things that have caught my attention that I'm going to be paying attention to once they finally do release to the public. So that's just a quick breakdown of what this watch list segment is going to be about. Um, I'm going to at least do once a month, one of these segments, once a month, <laughs> I might go up to two or three or whatever, just depending on how these TV shows and movies shake out. So <laughs> that's the plan. Um, I'm gonna play my theme music real quick. And then we're going to jump into this, um, February edition of the watch list. But before I do that, happy black history month <laughs> for all my blurts and just, you know, black people that's paying attention to my podcast or whatever. Happy Black History Month to us. Also, happy Black Future Month as <laughs> as Kanye has decided to also dub February. You know, Kanye is in the media uh, for various amounts of things at this point. Most notably, <laughs> Donda 2 coming and Kim Kardashian and his family situation and all the other shit. That's neither here nor there. I like the concept of Black Future Month and celebrating um, black people that we have now making waves in the culture that are sure to be um, pivotal for the success of future black people, <laughs> you know, 
to be celebrated um, this month. <laughs> so shout out to Kanye for having that dope idea. I fuck with the name Black Future Month. Also, can't forget about our history. It's Black History Month. So just want to say that real quick. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black Future Month. Let's play the theme music and get into this particular episode segment of the watch list. So being that it is Black History slash Black Future Month, I think it will be fair to start off <laughs> this uh, month's watch list segment episode with a show that stars a black woman. If you have not <laughs> been paying attention or you just don't know, yes, Zendaya is black. She is mixed uh, in some way that obviously makes her look the way that she looks, but there's black in there. She's very accepting of that. She reps that. And uh, <laughs> so we're starting off with fucking Euphoria, like season two, episode five. <laughs> That's the current one that is out at time of recording. Um, Y'all know these episodes, they drop every Sunday. This is episode five in season two. And that shit had me shook. Boy, I was on pins and needles the entire episode. My anxiety was through the roof. I was watching this shit like, oh shit. Rue is, <laughs> she officially <laughs> junkie crackhead status. <laughs> like she is out here. Boy, this shit was crazy. Um, Before, you know what? Let me pause right there before I continue with the watch list. Spoilers. I I mean, I shouldn't really have to say that because I already told you I'm talking about TV and shit like that. It's kind of self-explanatory. I know for certain that I put it in the description box. If I have not, my bad. But spoilers, everything that I'm talking about and what I'm currently watching, the latest and what I'm currently watching is this little title of the um, watch list. We got spoilers. I'm going to be talking in depth about how I feel about all of these TV shows and their latest, you know, in the storylines based on whatever episode they're on. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Euphoria, stop now because we going in. OK, so <laughs> Rue, Jules and Elliot. Um this this little you know love triangle situation that kind of you know kind of came to a head a little bit in um season or not season or episode four when um Jules and Elliot realized that they also have a thing for each other even though they are also very much into Rue <laughs> so it's dope, but it was like interesting to see how everything shake out of episode five because the withdrawal, the withdrawal <laughs> that Rue is going through, like had her fucking flipping the fuck out. I was amazed at all the superhuman shit that she was doing in this fucking episode while going through withdrawals and being completely terrified about the fact that she has not come up with the 5000 that she owed this lady for all the drugs that have been one used up by Rue and then flushed down the toilet <laughs> by Jules and her mom and sister and shit like that. Um, it was very interesting how 
focus Rue was in trying to make sure that she protects herself and subsequently her family and friends by trying to make sure she come up with this lady cash before her mom ship her off to the um rehab facility or whatever that's going to end up happening with Rue. now i just uh mentioned jules and elliot because you know y'all saw the episode <laughs> Rue was in full flip out mode going through one of her episodes with her mom and sister and shit jules and elliot was right there in the living room listening to it all rue had no idea i'm really glad that you know elliot and jules uh, wanted to help especially elliot he's the newcomer to the situation like he ain't been around but what like for well he was in the very first episode of season two so yeah, he's been around pretty much the five episodes of uh, season two that we have so far. But he knew to the whole situation. So, you know, even though I kind of agree with him, it wasn't his place to, like, speak out and tell Jules what was going on and get Jules all, you know, revved up to go tell Rue's mom or whatever about, you know, Rue relapsing in such a major way. But I like the intent. Because clearly they care about each other. They sat there, um, Elliot and Jules, and had a whole conversation about how they both, like, have a crush on Rue or Jules is in love with her and um, Elliot definitely feeling her or whatever. But they are confused as to how Rue feels because Rue been so motherfucking high, she hasn't <laughs> been able to uh, tap into her, you know, human urges of being sexual and you know i guess this day and age with high schoolers now that's a big part of knowing if somebody's into you just like it was a big part when i was in high school when you was in high school like that's kind of just how you know somebody getting physical with you or they expressing things like sexual desire and and um lust for you but like i said ruben so high <laughs> on these drugs that she has not been showing Elliot or, you know, Jules, any of that kind of attention or affection. But <laughs> outside of that, um, I understand why Rue is mad at him. You know, she popped him in the head real quick, you know, just to let him know, nigga, you fucking up. Like what you doing? Cause you was definitely taking these drugs with me. Like, you be high as fuck too on all of these random pills and shit like no i like it was just me you told half the story like tell him how you was doing the shit with me well he did kind of tell jules that but this is rude in the moment she don't know all that yet and um jules needed to get her ass cussed out too <laughs> because she was you know she's been running around acting like life is just at, you know treating her bad and happening to her but really bro like like um rue says like but you love being loved like and that shit is dangerous for people because you kind of taking advantage of them and their human state you know just to satisfy your urges and need to be loved and needed by somebody like you know rue was definitely <laughs> she was going through one of her drug-fueled uh rages but she was spot on with how she was cussing them out <laughs> in some ways <laughs> she was out of line when it came to mom and gia i will say that now nah, but you know drugs <laughs> so it just kind of is what it is i guess um I wish she was in her right mind, though, so she could just, like, explain to her mom, like, I owe this 
crazy drug dealer lady an insane amount of money for a high schooler in a way. Five G's like that's, you know, it's pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty steep bill for a high schooler to have with somebody doing something illegal. So I, I just wish she was in her right mind so she could tell her mom, like, I'm not just flipping out because I'm going through withdrawals and I want to get high to ease the pain. It's also because I'm scared for my life and y'all's because I owe this drug dealer lady this insane amount of money for a high schooler. And then on top of that, she is really, really fucked up behind her dad's death, man. It's crazy what losing a parent at a young age will do to you. Like, Rue need more than rehab and her mom telling her that she's going to always be there for her no matter what and shit like that. Like, she needs some kind of intensive therapy to like deal with the depression that has come along with you know her trying to navigate her father passing away like it's not (laughs) it's not just relying on mentors and 12-step programs and fucking you know drug rehab meetings and shit like that like she needs some genuine therapy somebody to really sit down and talk with her and level with her about what's going on but then she got to be able to open up too because the black dude who was uh trying to counsel her and be her i guess like quote-unquote big brother or yeah counselor (laughs) through the drug program or whatever he was trying to you know get to her on that level and talk to her about that shit but ruby she be closing off sometimes and real defensive about that, even though that's like the main contributor to the fact that she cannot stay off of these fucking drugs. But she need to talk to somebody because this entire episode, her running through the streets of L.A. from cops and dogs <laughs> and, and running through people's parties and shit and going to her friend's uh, family house and stealing from them, stealing from random people <laughs> just to come up with some kind of money to give this drug to the lady. Like, that was a lot. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, we've really hit, <laughs> like, drugged out, drugged out status. Like, you're stealing from people that you know and people you don't know just to come up with money to give to your drug dealer, bro. Like, we, we rock bottom at this point. I don't know how much lower it could get, but we're going to see in episode six. Um, Cassie, Nate, and Maddie, the drama continues. I was not expecting Rue to pull up to Cassie and Lexi's house where the entire gang was there rehearsing for Lexi's Oklahoma play and dropped the bomb <laughs> that Cassie and Nate have been fucking around right in front of Maddie maddie did such an amazing job keeping her cool i really think (laughs) that she was being self-aware of the fact that rue is going through a drug or fueled like rage outburst at the moment because i could tell she wanted to whoop (laughs) she wanted to whoop cassie's ass right there on the spot but mom was right there trying to well both of their moms both rue and um cassie and lexi's mom was right there like man we got bigger fish to fry y'all worried about this teenage drama bullshit maddie wasn't having it though she was pissed (laughs) and understandably so like that shit was crazy and cassie ain't making no fucking better bro acting like a punk about the shit like 
you was just telling Nate, oh, you know, you crazier than Maddie and shit, and you fuck his life up and stuff like that. Own up to your shit. Y'all know y'all been fucking around. Like, why be strong gangster in front of Nate, but then when Maddie at your front door and your motherfucking grill asking you, is what Ruth saying true? You sitting there looking like a lost puppy talking about, you don't know. And then deflecting talking about oh how you gonna believe anything she said when she a drug and that was some bullshit cassie he ain't even have to take it that far but at the same time <laughs> rue ain't have to drop the bomb like that which it was genius though <laughs> because it definitely distracted everybody so rue could get out the way and get back in the streets on the run <laughs> it was just funny or and shocking how that shit came out because i was completely not expecting Rue to, hey, Cassie, so real quick, like, how long you been fucking Nate Samuels? I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> this what we doing? Like, I knew the shit was going to come out, but I ain't know Rue was going to be the one to drop the bomb. That shit was genius on behalf of the writers because that shit caught me left. I was still heart pumping because fucking Rue is out here running through the streets like crazy. Like, she on fucking Grand Theft Auto with five stars. And she pull up on the scene, drop a bomb like that and skate out the door. I was like, wow, <laughs> wow. Entertainment at its finest. <laughs> I'm really uh, excited for next week's episode, episode six. Um, they put the trailer out like as soon <laughs> as soon as episode five went out. And um, for the most part, we focused on Maddie and how she going to get Cassie and Nate back for fucking around behind her back. And I'm excited because some of them, <laughs> them little cutscene clips of Maddie <laughs> beating bitches up over the years for trying her as long as uh, Cassie and Nate have known her. Like, that shit was hilarious to me. So now that Cassie and Nate about to be on the receiving end, I'm ready to see what Maddie about to pull on them. And if y'all remember, she still has the sex tape of um nate's dad cal and jules you know having sex or whatever because cal's old crazy demented ass <laughs> like he was sick enough to film himself having sex with an underage human being and it just so happens to be a girl that goes to high school with all of these people like it's it's about to be some real drama because i feel like maddie is petty enough to drop the fucking sex tape and expose that whole family especially after what cal <laughs> did in episode four pretty much walked out on the family and told them he gonna fuck whoever he want to fuck whenever he want to fuck them he tired of living this fake ass life just because he wanted to be a good man and a good father to his wife and kids like he's like fuck that i never intended on <laughs> my life looking like this i want to live in my truth so i'm finna be out here fuck y'all fuck y'all for making me feel like i needed to uh, uh repress myself and all this other shit and do all this crazy shit in secrecy like cal ready to be out and live his truth he tired of playing the good old family man or not so good old family man because he's been a dick the entire series like <laughs> just throwing his white privilege around and his money and titles and shit but 
outside of that, I'm ready to see how the fuck Maddie spaz out on Cassie and Nate. And I'm glad because they showed it in the trailer. Like they was definitely wondering what the fuck, you know, Maddie was feeling towards Cassie. But they was also like, what you going to do to Nate? And she said, Bitch, I got plans for this motherfucker. Like we he ain't finna get off the hook just because <laughs> normally whenever shit like this happened, the girls end up fighting and the nigga could just sit back and just watch shit happen. Cassie or Maddie was like, nah, Cassie gonna get hers and I'm gonna get Nate. So I'm ready. <laughs> then this next episode about to be fire. And uh, Lex with this damn Oklahoma play, I just, whew. <laughs> The material just right itself. <laughs> like, I think this play is about to be fire, but it's also about to be very, very telling. Um, hopefully, nobody decide to beat Lex up behind this shit because she's definitely going to use everything that she's been experiencing and watching happen between, you know what I'm saying, her sister and her friends and shit. Like, she's about to use this shit in this play, and it's either going to be damaging or it's going to be like something that. <laughs> sets her up to be called a child prodigy in film and shit and she's gonna go on to do amazing things either way i'm excited for episode six lexi been writing in her head as she's been watching the drama unfold maddie about to slide on cassie and nate <laughs> and then um jules by the grace of god actually made it home after her gta field adventure across the city streets of los angeles so i'm excited to say the least <laughs> episode six of season two of euphoria is gonna be a good one and then if i'm not mistaken we only getting eight episodes out of euphoria so we leading up to some huge finale shit i'm pretty sure episode six is really really gonna kick all of that off I'm excited. Euphoria has been amazing from the cinematography to the music to the storylines to the acting. Rue or Zendaya, <laughs> she need all the awards. More Emmys for Zendaya. Like whatever you could give Zendaya for doing an outstanding job in these acting scenes. These scenes on these Euphoria episodes have been fire give zendaya all the awards that she could possibly win for this fucking show because it's been phenomenal moving on from uh euphoria fandom <laughs> uh we got power book two the motherfucking series not series a season finale <laughs> for a season two just happened and that shit closed out really good i was like okay this is this is about to be my favorite of the series i guess well that was until i saw <laughs> power book four force featuring tommy but we'll get to that next right now we focusing on book two um i feel bad for diana you know what i'm saying Tariq was is right you know every time somebody get around him they either die or they end up having to go away but at the same time <laughs> i'm team effie <laughs> it had to be done i think effie was really really looking out she made a very very tough decision to do what she did to diana but um yeah at the end of the day <laughs> at the end of the fucking day like it had to be done there was no way that Tariq was gonna get out of that situation and save you know came from being exposed and which what if it's exposed um effie and brayden and everybody that has something to do with this shit if if uh motherfucking diana would have took the stage so i'm glad 
that Diana didn't take the stand because Effie did what needed to be done. Now, they did say that she died in a car crash or whatever. If Effie made that shit look like a car crash, even more kudos to her because wow. But I wouldn't be surprised. This is power now. I wouldn't be surprised if that was just what it was made to look like. And Diana's actually safe. We'll see in season three. As of now, though, she is dead and gone. <laughs> and, you know, it is what it is because I don't really feel <laughs> I don't really feel like bad about it. <laughs> I'm with Effie, bro. Like the shit had to be done to protect everybody. Councilman Tate, on the other hand, and all of his uh, underhanded <laughs> bullshit is really setting up his spinoff, which is supposed to be Power Book 5, um, to be really fire like i like you know smart shit like that like smart underhanded television especially when it's dealing with politics because we all know 99 percent of the politicians they snake in some way you know they they do what they got to do to advance their party's agenda while also trying to get their little piece of the pie <laughs> and then tate is playing into the, all of that shit very very well he really, really set up his particular spinoff to be fired out of this entire season because this is the, uh, the season finale episode. So I'm looking forward to it. Whenever they decide to drop a trailer, I'm going to be tuning in. Whenever they decide to release the season, I'm going to be tuning in because Power Book 5, based on you know Tate's entire role in this season of Book 2, like Power Book 5 is going to be fire. Chase is a real one. <laughs> he played that shit smart as fuck. He made sure his lawyer got him immunity before he went on the stand and said all the shit that he needed to say to get Tariq off the hook for this entire case. That shit was smart. I was really, really um, nervous <laughs> about that because <laughs> they was spilling too much of the beans in front of the, you know, the the what da lady i don't know what she is that that lawyer lady that other lawyer lady who was trying to get Tariq locked up and the family lawyer which we got to stop talking over black women <laughs> because that lady was trying her hardest to make sure that chase and his dumbass brother did not incriminate themselves in that shit and they just kept rambling on and on she literally had to be like stop talking goddamn we ain't saying nothing else. We ain't making no deals unless y'all get immunity. Y'all sitting up here running y'all motherfucking mouth. That's what I said. That's what I would have said. But y'all sitting up here running y'all motherfucking mouth, not understanding that she could use all this shit to get y'all locked up. Like, just chill. Let me work and do my job. They was talking over this lady. She was trying to do her job. The dad, no, no, be quiet. Let, let them kids talk because I want to know what the fuck going on. And we don't need to be associated with none of this shit like this. And we good people. We going to do us right. Meanwhile, you the same motherfucker that was dressed up in blackface at a fucking Halloween party back in your heyday, quote unquote. <laughs> now you done lost your damn job because like Cal overhearing euphoria, y'all dumbasses got so fucking cocky that y'all decided to keep evidence of y'all doing some shit y'all not supposed to be doing. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to say that because it is Black History Month. Stop talking over black women like they hired that lady to be the family attorney and she was trying to do her job y'all kept incriminating herself to the point where she had to raise her voice and assert herself like look shut the fuck up 
We ain't saying nothing else. We ain't doing nothing else unless this white lady can <laughs> promise y'all immunity, can guarantee y'all immunity before any one of y'all take the stand because I got to do my job and y'all ain't finna blame me if one of y'all get locked up because y'all want to be happy <laughs> and tell all the business. But <laughs> Chase held it down. You know what I'm saying? He went up there. He blew the whole case up, took full responsibility for all the drugs and all the other bullshit that Tariq was on the line for or whatever. And the case got thrown out because, you know, Chase being a real one, figuring out what to say and what to do. In order to walk out of the courtroom with his immunity intact, as well as get Tariq's charges dropped and Yasmin back in his custody and everything. Like, shout out to Chase because I was shaking for a little bit. I was like, wait a minute now. After that uh, incident with Tariq stole the blackface picture and gave it to Tate and Chase found out, I was like, oh, he might he might turn on his family or whatever. But nah, he held it down. So shout out to him. He's stupid as fuck, though, for still wanting to sell drugs after they just beat a drug case. Like, one, who going to supply y'all <laughs> knowing who the fuck y'all are at this point? And two, like, what, nigga, you still hot? Like, go do something else go go use your white privilege to get you a job that can make you way more money in a legitimate way than selling drugs i don't know why this motherfucker chase want to be so hot in the street like it's not a bad life that you have you living in your parents shadow and your brother's shadow but you could build your own shit and come up from under there it don't got to be no goddamn drug kingpin white people man or white kids i should say i don't know something wrong with chase <laughs> he need to figure that out i'm glad they killed dante <laughs> <laughs> that nigga super snitch and then on top of that he was playing everybody just to get his way that was crazy <laughs> but um it's Diana's fault that zeke is dead i'ma just <laughs> be real about that motherfucking drew told her ass not to look inside the bag and she did it anyway nosy as fuck and then Lorenzo done played her head up, boosted her head up, making her think, no, you did it because you like to be a step ahead of the game. And that's smart X, Y, and Z. She didn't even know what she was looking at. But she's still running, telling Biz, oh, they had um account set up for me and Drew and motherfucking um, Kane. And they was had one for mom, but nothing for you, like boosted lorenzo head up to make him feel like <laughs> monet was really about to get on that plane and leave all them behind and play him once again have some little underhanded escape plan when that ain't nothing to do with what you really should have been looking in the bag trying to find out so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> when monet find out that lorenzo is the one who shot zeke and killed him at this point he's dead we don't know for sure just yet but we'll see hopefully she'll ask enough questions to make um lorenzo tell her that it was diana's information for what she saw in the bag that made him run out into the streets and pull up on the air hanger and shoot up Zeke before he could get on the jet. And then Monet could <laughs> once again choke the shit <laughs> out of Diana because she just been causing too much problems being nosy, bro. Like, uh, I get it, but then at the same time, I'm like, damn, bro, like, you don't got to tell all the information you know. Just sit on some shit until you figure out exactly what's going on. She like to just drop bombs and fuck up the whole situation without knowing exactly what is going on. I'm like, bro, like, just chill. If you go have water, then you need to hold it. 
Why you can't hold water? You getting all the tea. She getting all the information and just spilling it every way any chance she get. Like, come on, bro. Wow. <laughs> Diana got to chill. I don't think Zeke is dead, though. I could just be being naive or wanting power to hit me with another fire twist in the plot. But this is just my speculation. I was thinking, you know. Zeke went back to that detective who was, you know, showing him pictures of Monet being in the neighborhood of uh, Professor Milgram, Professor Carrie Milgram at the time of her death or around the time of her death or whatever, you know, and trying to imply that maybe she has something to do with uh, Carrie's quote unquote suicide and maybe it was actually a murder. Um, But I think Zeke might have went back to the dude and was cool cooperate and they put a vest on them maybe a wire and shit and they probably try to send them on the plane to get some information on monet and them before they took off and everything so they could try to arrest them but i don't know we'll see what happens in uh season three that's just me like i said wanting some kind of cool plot twist but i feel like it could be possible that zeke ain't dead it could be possible that he had on bulletproof vest and everything so while he did take a few bullets or whatever nothing vital was hit we're gonna see him in season three and um you know shit will get crazy from there or they killed him and we finna move on with the story and uh monet about to go off the rails knowing that her firstborn child has been killed by her fucking husband <laughs> we'll see though it's this uh it's getting good. This uh, series or season finale for uh, season two was pretty fire. It was dope finding out that Dante was such a big like federal informant that he was a part of the reason that um, the feds was on ghost ass so hard in book one. Like that was dope because I really like how they make sure to keep tying you know book two ghosts back to book one because it is pretty much picking up exactly from where book one ended um sax is going to get killed <laughs> i believe because he want to snitch on mclean and Tariq to the the white lady who he in love with that she he just screwed her out of <laughs> winning that case and getting Tariq locked up and yasmin should always been with tasha i don't know what the fuck was going through witness protections mind and the law's mind or whatever when they decided tasha need to go into witsec by herself and her fucking daughter her unaged daughter like yasmin what 11 12 10 something around the age like what going to custody of the grandma like nah just put her in wit set with tasha from the beginning why 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 did it take Tariq losing her to the system and almost being adopted by a family and beating that case getting her back and pulling strings to get tamika to put yasmin and witness protection with tasha after all of this shit happened like why was it not just that from the beginning when tasha had to go in but <laughs> still dope show that actually made me very very happy i was like yes i'm glad tasha (laughs) i'm glad tasha and fucking yasmin are reunited i'm glad Tariq slid a little note in there so he know he could say what he needed to say to tasha whatever without breaking any rules about them interacting and shit like well played this entire season was fire it was smart 
I like all the twists and turns of the story. Um, Method Man was acting his ass off in this particular season. Like he did really, really good. Davis McLean is one of my favorite characters because that man buy his money. And, you know, he be doing some foul underhanded shit, but yeah, I guess he just can't find solid people that are just winning and doing it from the best possible angle. I don't know. But um dope series and detective rodriguez showing up at the very very end as the detective who was actually in charge of dante and the one that he called when he realized his identity might have been compromised that was dope too because that means we're gonna get to see more of her in season three if you don't remember her she was from book one well you know she was trying to figure out what was going on between angela and ghost and you know all the laws they was breaking and shit dope i like how they tying these characters back around and bringing people back that have ties from the original power series can't wait to see how power book two season three plays out in the same vein, though, you know, Sam, the power universe was what they call it. <laughs> we got power book four force that premiered the same day, <laughs> the same day that power book two season finale happened. We got the very first episode of book four, which is going to be centered around Tommy and him making a name for himself in the drug business in Chicago. Uh, the first episode was good to me. I uh, was happy to see Tommy again, still on his bullshit, still on, on his <laughs> I don't give a fuck, I kill everybody in here attitude. Like, I, I like Tommy. <laughs> Tommy solid. I really fuck with him. I'm glad to see the character return and still be who he is. But, you know, just in a new city, in a new environment. Uh, we introduced in this series to what seems to me they haven't really confirmed it yet, but I think this is like the Irish mob or Irish, you know, Irish drug um, cartel slash gang or whatever, which is dope because we haven't really seen that in the power universe yet. It's just been, you know, blacks and Hispanic gangs and cartels and shit. So we in Chicago now with Tommy, not New York with, um, you know, Tariq and Ghost and all that stuff there. And we're going to see what it's like for Tommy building his own drug empire in Chicago, running up against, like I said, what seems to be an Irish mob or cartel. Now, but, you know, it wouldn't be power without, a you know, <laughs> a interestingly weird plot twist. Tommy finding out that he has a black brother or a half black brother. I don't even going to call him half because that's a nigga <laughs> like. He might got some white in him, but he definitely present as a fully black man. <laughs> um, but yeah, just learning that Tommy has a black brother that his mom either don't know nothing about or just failed to mention all of these years that she also had another son and it was with a black man. And he she left that son in Chicago to be with the dad, I guess. I don't know. We don't know the full story with Tommy and his, you know, newfound brother or whatever. But Tommy's a family man. He's always been. That's why he got in so much trouble in the original Power series, trying to be loyal to his family and friends and people who have those same ideas of integrity and loyalty. So um, I'm interested to see how Tommy 
actually, you know, incorporates brother into his life and business and what's going to happen with that. That's an interesting little plot point to just throw in all of a sudden in this new series. Like he got a long lost brother that he never knew about after we seen how hard he was riding for ghosts and looking for that kind of love and attention and family and camaraderie from somebody like to know that he has a blood brother now that he could get all that shit from it's about to be <laughs> something serious because like i said he going up against the irish cartel at this point or working with them or whatever the fuck is about to happen with that and um tommy be flipping out when it comes to his loved ones so we'll see I'm, I'm interested to see how that new plot point plays into um the actual overall plot and storyline of power book four i'm also interested to see you know what is going on with the story of this barber that just got out of jail like obviously he was in the life as well that's what got him locked up he told his brother he don't want to kill people no more so i'm like okay is he a hitman is he you know a shooter for a gang like or a cartel like what was his backstory or whatever he nice with the fade you know what i'm saying with the, with the barber clippers and shit so that's dope the brother um gifted him the barbershop that they grew up in as you know his business that he owns and is going to be running now so that's dope but it's in the middle of the same hood most likely that got him locked up in the first place so i don't know if that's the best idea clearly he gonna get pulled back into the life the uh black cop or whatever that was antagonizing him at the shop definitely gonna be fucking with him <laughs> you know just because niggas like to do that to niggas when <laughs> i don't know what what that thing is with black cops always be on these shows trying to get black people who have just come out of jail and are reform to slip back into their old ways i don't know why that gotta be the case here in power as well but whatever it's nigga television <laughs> so i'm gonna sit i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna enjoy it because i want to understand what the dynamic is there the police you know, like i said he was being real asshole he's going to continue to fuck with this barber dude but like how deep in the life was this barber dude to have you know him making enemies on a police force like oh no let's see especially because it's black these these are two black men like i don't know i'm interested to see what's going on what did this brother do to make this brother who is a police officer feel like oh no i'm finna fuck with him i'm finna get his ass put right back in jail like what's the story between these characters we'll have to wait and find out i'm pretty sure power book four will be taking the place of uh book two that same time slot on sundays or whatever so next sunday when episode two drop i'm gonna check that shit out if i feel like getting on here talking to y'all about it that's what i do outside of that on a less <laughs> gritty <laughs> and drug-filled note because i'm just realizing between euphoria <laughs> and power bro like drug television has really been keeping a hold on me that's very telling i wonder what the, i wonder what that means <laughs> uh it's interesting tv though man it's, it's just good i enjoy it um but like i said on a lighter note abbott elementary the show has been amazing hilarious like every episode i laugh out loud this is really good programming i'm glad to see it quinta congratulations on a successful show that shit is fire um in the latest episode 
um, Janine just decided to bring her rude ass, controlling ass, manipulative ass, fake artsy ass <laughs> friend into the school or whatever to be the new what is it um volunteer arts teacher for the arts department or whatever the case might be either way that lady was wilding bro she was out of line like completely for doing that to that lady books man they they just sat (laughs) they just sat in front of you janine you and the other teacher lady what's her name melissa the italian (laughs) mob-esque uh teacher whatever they just sat and had this conversation in front of you and was celebrating and being all you know teacher googly about the fact that this lady went into her pocket and bought these kids brand new books so that they could do this you know second grade arts program um collaborative project that they do every year and your motherfucking ass gonna cut up all of the books and turn them into this art installation now granted the art installation was fire and i would have enjoyed that shit (laughs) as a kid i definitely like the idea of using the books to recreate the art that you was trying to portray but goddamn the lady just bought these brand new books like them books was fire they was hard covering shit they had the little the little sleeve on it and everything that got all the cool pictures and like she's dipped into her own pocket to buy her kids not just her kids all the second grade kids brand new books to do this project and your ass gonna cut them up that was bullshit. I wasn't fucking with that. I was mad too. I was like, oh yeah. When she started taking them earrings off, I'm like, yes. Give her the business. Go, <laughs> go ahead and slide on this one, um, Melissa, because you deserve it. You spent your money to make sure your kids had the best because you really enjoy this project every year for the second graders and it's something that you are the leader on and for this motherfucker to come in off the streets and do that to your shit, yeah. She need an ass whoop. I'm glad. I'm glad she was with the shits and ready to get to it because I would have been pissed too. But outside of that, um, Jacob and Barbara, <laughs> they, they was the uh, comedic relief for me this entire episode. Usually it's Ava and how she interacts with Janine and other teachers, but um, <laughs> it was definitely Jacob and Barbara this fucking time around because. <laughs> Jacob really wants friends like he really (laughs) he's really looking for some kind of friendship between him and the other teachers and they not with the bullshit (laughs) like like, they want him to just be his goofy white self and teach his kids and they gonna support like they don't want to be like friend friends but (laughs) they found a way to uh, bond over this whole gardening thing which I felt was uh, actually pretty dope and (laughs) why um, they were the comedic relief is because Jacob kept trying to slide other interests in his life into Barbara's like <laughs> into Barbara's awareness so that they could bond or whatever. And she shut that shit down quickly every time. We're not talking about Avatar, nigga. We're not talking about the history of sun hats and all this other bullshit. Let's just focus on growing these vegetables and flowers in the school garden for the kids. Like we found something that we both like. 
we'll need to take it any further. <laughs> that shit was funny to me. Also, Greg turning out to be the secret gardener that was <laughs> making sure everything grew. Like, I felt that because like he was saying, <laughs> his father or his grandfather started a business um, dealing with, you know, lawn and gardening. His father ended up inheriting it. And because his father inherited the business, he turned you know himself gregory his son into a fucking employee made him go out there with him every summer and cut yards and manicured lawns and shit so now he hated but he learned so much that he's actually good at it so it's like i hate gardening but i'm good at the shit because my dad forced me to be good at it so whenever i see people fucking up at it he don't got no choice but to help because that's how his father raised him to be I feel him on that because I'm kind of the same way when it come to football. <laughs> like I was forced into playing football as a child and I didn't care for the sport before I started playing it and playing it all those years made me hate it. But because I understand the sport the way I understand it, not from playing it for so long. Whenever I see people tossing around a football, I'd be like, yeah, let me go ahead and catch with you. Let me run some routes with you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to fake do the whole <laughs> offensive line, defensive line thing I could set up with you. Like, I don't know. I don't fuck with football. But whenever I see football being played, I'm like, I want to go out there. And it's crazy how that works out because I know that's just a byproduct of my childhood and being forced to do something that I was actually not terrible at. Like, I was doing okay in football. We went to championships and all kind of shit. So, Uh, I felt Gregory on that seeing people fail as something that you actually have, you know, a little bit more knowledge than the average person makes you want to step up a little bit. And that was kind of dope, though, because he ended up saving their garden. Like he said, they was about to kill everything until I came in (laughs) with the right soil and the right gardening tools and the right amount of water and the right amount of sunlight and fixed it for him. That was dope. The lunch man. This nigga was also funny <laughs> to me, but he didn't have to be a dick, bruh. Like, I understand why he was acting the way he was acting. He just didn't have to be rude like that. That man, uh, Jacob, he sat and prepared all them fucking zucchinis <laughs> for the kids because you told them we don't have time to sit and chop up zucchinis and make it look, you know, pretty and stuff to give to the kids. We got time to give the kids the food that the, the, the county or the city or whatever government agency runs the school board up there. Say we got time to give them and that's all we finna do. Jacob sat and he was like, you know, well, let me help the lunch people out real quick and make this make this um, a healthier meal for the kids. And it made sense. He was like, I cannot serve kids food that you prepare at your house that's against regulations but he didn't have to throw all that shit in the trash he could have just told him take it back or something or give it to him in your class or whatever the case that was funny to me because (laughs) i get it but on the flip side like he didn't have to be a dick because he know them teachers care about them damn kids he could have just told them the alternative i can't serve it Ask the lunch man in my lunchroom. But if you decide that you want to pass this shit out to your kids in y'all classrooms, I can't say nothing about it. That's what I would have did anyway. But 
<laughs> I guess he feel like I'm going to show these motherfuckers about trying to do my job because he definitely had Barbara eating them. <laughs> them nasty ass microwave chicken nuggets. <laughs> uh, overall, though, Abbott Elementary is turning out to be a phenomenal show. Hilarious. I really, really enjoy this perspective of the whole, you know, teachers teaching narrative or whatever especially because i have friends that are teachers at schools that are underfunded and considered you know what i'm saying hood and the problem schools and low risk or high risk or whatever the term is for schools that are just in neighborhoods where it's mostly black and brown kids that go to them so um dope dope um take on it it's hilarious and I'm ready for next week's episode, but that is going to wrap the latest or what I'm currently watching. As far as the watch list is concerned, next, we're going to move into what's next up on the watch list or what I'm planning on checking out next, starting with Peacemaker. Um, That's a DC comics um, television series over on HBO Max. Um, I'm starting to realize, especially after Titans, that all of the DC series, the DC comic series that end up on HBO Max, they tend to be like the best that DC has to offer. Like the movies are one thing. Um, The CW TV shows that they try to do like they iffy, but like everything that DC Comics does that specifically goes to HBO Max, fire. I'm expecting Peacemaker to be that as well. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about it. I could be watching it now, but as you just heard, what we 50 something minutes into the watch list, and all I did was talk about shit I'm currently watching. So I got a lot on my plate. But next up, like I said, Peacemaker, I'm gonna get into that. Um, somebody told me, I think that was Kuya. He told me that I don't have to watch the suicide squad that peacemaker is also in, but, um, I like to know what the fuck is like going on, like in depth. So I'm going to probably check out the suicide squad movie that peacemaker is in before I watch the series, just so I understand everything. And then I'm going to jump into the entire series because from what I've been seeing online from my you know, blurred community that I pay attention to who like to review television shows and stuff centered around geek and nerd and comic and shit. Like everybody's fucking enjoying it. They say it's an amazing show. John Cena is doing an amazing job. I want to see for myself. So that's what's next up for me. And then also Ozark. Um, I started Ozark last year when season two was coming out. I did not (laughs) get a chance to finish season two, but um ozark has turned out to be a pretty good show um it is on its i guess third and final season now like this is going to wrap up the entire series they breaking it into this like two-part thing or whatever so really it's four seasons but they calling it season three part one and part two to like close out the show but um i don't know if i'll get back into it before all the hype dies down and before everybody's like over it and moved on but i do want to finish the series because i like the conversations that have been happening around part one of season three just a little bit that i've been hearing on various podcasts and social media influencers here and there so i think i'm gonna pick the show back up 
and really dive into it um, and catch back up maybe after one of these other shows that I just talked about comes to a close. I know Euphoria, like I said, I think it's eight episode seasons, maybe 10, but we're getting ready to wrap Euphoria and Abbott is also getting ready to wrap his first season. I think we got a few more episodes left than that. So I'll have time for Peacemaker and Ozark in the next coming weeks. So by the time I do this uh, watch list again for, I guess, March or if I decide to do a part two for February or a 2.0 for February, I should be talking about both Ozark and Peacemaker. But don't hold me to that. <laughs> we will see. The last segment for the watch list for this month is coming soon. That is the title <laughs> of the segment that I have chosen. All of this shit is tentative, though. I could change up these titles to make them more flashier, to make them fit more <laughs> into the whole aesthetic and theme that I'm trying to do. But for now, coming soon. And this uh, particular segment of the watch list is just highlighting um tv series and movies that are coming soon they have not even released to the public yet but the trailers have hit the internet in some capacity and um i'm definitely you know paying attention and probably going to be watching these series when they drop starting with bel-air i know i talked about uh bel-air on my new in 2022 episode when i was talking about all the shit that i was excited for with 2022 Bel Air is still on the list. Um, their IG account, if you're not following the Bel Air IG account, I think you should at least check it out. You might not necessarily need to follow, but I would say at least check it out because they have been dropping these little uh, teaser Instagram trailers or whatever for each specific character of the show. Um, I think I've seen at this point um, Hillary's little teaser trailer as well as Ashley's. Um, Aunt Viv and um, Philip Banks or Uncle Phil's te teaser, like Instagram trailer, whatever. And I'm like tuned in, bro. Like these trailers, these little teaser clips that they are posting to their Instagram, like they are making me really, really excited for these shows. Like these characters have been reimagined in such a dope and fresh and current way that. I'm like, this could potentially be a brand new show with just the same characters and structure of the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, it's dope. <laughs> I'm just excited to see it. Hillary is still like the, you know, pretty girl. Like, I don't know what Sadiddy, I guess. I don't know. She's the bougie, pretty black girl or whatever. But instead of being ditzy like um, Hillary was in the original series, like, this Hillary has talent. She's an amazing chef. She has a goal in mind for her future and shit. Like she's very career driven and focused. They didn't just write her to be this like dumb blonde black girl character. Like it's dope. Ashley looking like she about to be some kind of um, new age political activist. You know, the kids nowadays, they take, you know, BLM and, you know, equal rights amongst all humans seriously. And it looked like Ashley's falling into that same vein. Uncle Phil's um, character seems to be a lot more in touch with, you know, his black side. Not saying the original Uncle Phil was not. I'm just saying, like, in this trailer, we see him, you know, stepping with 
his line brothers from his fraternity and like being named the first black X, Y, and Z and just holding himself to this kind of regalness that is, I don't know, I just feel more black to me than the original Uncle Phil that we got. The original Uncle Phil, he was very much about his personal morals and principles or whatever. And him being black was just like the like side motivation for you know phil uncle phil being who he is but this new uncle phil based on this trailer these little clips that i've seen on the um bel-air instagram account it looked like he's very very like proud of it and it's very much more a part of his story and his character you know as a whole versus like yes we black what i've transcended it's more like nah i'm carrying my blackness with me as i continue to transcend i don't know it's just dope i like how they have taken the time to make sure that we know that these characters are going to you know, remind us and be similar to the characters that we all know and love and grew up watching on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but they added their own twist and their own spin, their own reimagining to each character, including Will. Like, it's dope. I really like how this is shaking out to be. It's modern. It's fresh. It's new. It's, you know, the same aesthetic that we all know and love, but with today's, you know, climate and and today's energy behind it. I really fuck with that. I'm really, really excited to see it. I don't know if I have a Peacock subscription. I don't think I do, but I'm going to definitely get it because I have to see this Bel Air shit, especially Will's attached to it in a major way. His promo for it has been dope. Like, I fuck with Will Smith, one of my favorite uh, actors of all time. Like, I'm, I'm tuned in. I'm ready to see this shit now. <laughs> Moving on, though, for uh, coming soon, we also have Moon Knight. I believe I talked about this as well in my new in 2022. Um, I don't know if I got on here and spoke about the trailer, but if I haven't, then just know the trailer was fire. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Go ahead and check it out if you need to. Like, I'm really, really excited for this. I'm hoping that um, he has, you know, all or some of the cool, like, egyptian moon goddess powers or whatever the case might be that he had in the comics because um in the comics moon knight he does start off to be like one of those heroes that has powers like i said based on some egyptian you know magic or whatever that gives him powers based on the phases of the moon or whatever but throughout his story he loses those powers i hope <laughs> that in this iteration of Moon Knight with uh, what Marvel and Disney Plus are putting together, I hope that, you know, he retains these powers in some capacity just so we can see just how dope this character actually is. The story based on the trailer looks pretty dope. It's going to be one of the darker stories that we've gotten, you know, in comparison to, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision and Loki and everything that we've gotten on Disney Plus from Marvel thus far. Like, it's probably going to be the darkest one on there. And I mean dark, I mean like gritty, like like Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, like really a darker side of the MCU, a darker side of Marvel and Disney. Plus, I'm excited for it. I like when we get these characters that are very very human at their core and you know marvel doesn't shy away from the darkness of the life that they live this character is also i think 
Marvel's first time doing a series based on a character or revolving around a character that has a clearly defined personality disorder. Like he has split personality disorder and like one of his personalities is not kind at all <laughs> and the other one is you know just an average guy just you know trying to live his life or whatever so i don't know this shit gonna be dope i'm really really excited to see him run around and kick ass and you know deal with the fact that <laughs> when he's asleep or whatever he transforms into this this evil person that's doing all of these wild things in the street and then he wake up he cannot remember what the fuck's going on and living these two and three separate lives or whatever just off of the strength of you know his personalities taking over his body and doing other things like i don't know this story is looking like <laughs> it has a lot of promise to it moon knight as a character you know in general is just dope and he's one of the lesser known marvel characters this is probably gonna put him on the map in a big way especially if the series turns out to be you know well received by fans and critics or whatever so i'm excited just as a marvel head just as somebody who you know has a little bit of information and backstory on moon knight i'm ready for him to jump out and show why <laughs> batman is not fucking with him <laughs> Because that's what Moon Knight is. He's like a Marvel's response or answer to Batman the Dark Knight. And um, he is, you know, to me, a mix of Batman and Daredevil with a little bit of, I don't know, Punisher attitude to him. I don't know. It's going to be dope. I'm ready to see it. Also coming soon. That is going to be covered on the watch list when it drops. Uh, the Halo series. I know I haven't talked about this yet because I just did <laughs> a reaction to the trailer with uh, Webster Style over on the NRW YouTube. Y'all can check that out. Watch the trailer with us. You know, get in the comments. Tell us what y'all think. But for me personally, I'm excited. Halo has always been one of those video games that I've always wanted to play, but never really got a chance to get into because I've never owned an Xbox. And that was not necessarily on purpose or intentional. I just never got around to being that interested in Xbox games to like actually be like, you know, I need to get an Xbox so I can play this. But Halo, definitely one of those games where I was like, I wish they would port it to playstation so i could play it the story looks good the gameplay looks good or whatever so now that it's turned into an actual series that's going to be on paramount plus i believe i'm like oh shit this is dope i get to learn more about this game that i've always been interested in playing and then see it reimagined in a way that the fans are going to flip out over because halo is one of those xbox exclusive titles that xbox fans go up for it's like if you have an xbox you have to have a halo game because that's how important the game is to the actual xbox culture so i'm excited i like when video games turn into movies or a tv series and stuff like that especially when they're done right I don't think Paramount Plus is going to let us down. That trailer is fire. It didn't do nothing but get me more hype for the series. Um, 
breaking down the actual series and story behind Halo with Webster, him being an Xbox player who knows way more about Halo than I do. Like all of that, that shit made me excited. I'm like, all right, cool. My dog Webster say I need to be excited for it because it looks good. I'm looking at the trailer for myself and I'm like, I'm excited for this because it looks good. So I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Whenever this shit is ready to drop, I'm, I'm on it. And I know I have a Paramount Plus subscription because I was planning on watching <laughs> the uh, reboot for the game and I haven't gotten around to it yet. I think I need to add that to up next because that, that, I'm going to check that out. I, I like the game. <laughs> I've been fucking with the game since it was on a WB or the CW or whatever the fuck y'all want to call it. Mara Brock and Kill incredible writer don't know if she is on this reboot but it looks good either way we're not talking about that <laughs> we're talking about halo which is going to be on paramount plus and i'm gonna definitely be checking it out last but definitely not least on the coming soon for the watch list uh proud family louder and prouder like i'm excited for this this to come like the Proud Family was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. It was so, so dope seeing myself and all of these characters because that cast of cartoon characters was definitely black as fuck. They, it was nothing but black and POC outside of Zoe. She was the one white girl. But you know what I'm saying? Like the show was centered around a black family and her experience or their experiences with the poc in the neighborhood and just you know living in whatever town that was that <laughs> the proud family is based in um i'm really really excited to see a return i've seen every single episode of the original proud family i think we only got three seasons which was bummer to me because i was looking for new episodes once season three ended and they just canceled it without letting us really know what the fuck was going on but i'm really really excited for it to come back they're continuing the story penny is growing up now i think she's in high school at this point we're seeing her start to like openly date in front of you know oscar and trudy and the twins have gotten a little bit older and i don't know i'm, I'm just really really excited to see this series come back in a new way especially you know with <laughs> how black people have um kind of criticized the original proud family for all of the the stereotypes and the bullshit within the black community that they chose to display and kind of perpetuate on the original series i'm interested to see how they bring that shit back around or address it now that we live in a much more inclusive and much more pc world like it's gonna be interesting to watch but i still think based on the trailer you know the trailers that i've seen for it anyway i still think it's gonna be a great series i still think it's gonna be funny i still think it's gonna be something that black people children especially need to see because ever since the proud family went off air to my knowledge we had nothing like it for kids we haven't had a cartoon you know what i'm saying that's light-hearted but definitely impactful definitely has messages and and stories to tell for 
you know, our youngsters and teenagers and shit. We haven't had anything like that since the Proud Family went off air. So I'm glad that they bringing it back. They freshening it up. We have Kyler Pratt back on the scene. I believe most of the original cast has returned to reprise their roles like Tommy Davidson and shit like that to voice Oscar and things like it is a reboot, but it is also very much a continuation of the original series in more ways than just oh it's bearing the same name like we got the same actors and actresses coming back and the same characters in the story like i'm just excited to see this shit right like this is what i've been waiting on for a long time since the original series went off the air like for them to continue the fucking show and they finally decided to do it so i'm excited i'm gonna be checking that shit out uh might have some early tea some early information on this shit for y'all might i'm saying might because i haven't decided yet whether i'm gonna get around to doing that but just stay tuned to the talk and play blurcast also make sure you stay tuned to um the nrw youtube channel for any information on that because i might i might do that i might do it <laughs> but um that is going to wrap this episode of the Talk and Play Blurry Cast. Thank y'all for sitting with me through me <laughs> breaking down my watch list and everything that I'm watching currently. What's up next? What I plan on watching? Like, thank you. I <laughs> appreciate you for being here. Um, remember, my socials are at Brian Sab. That's B R I A N S A P P H. Um, hit me up. You know, get in the comments. Let's talk about some things. If you're watching any of the shows that I chose to feature on this episode of the watch list, definitely let me know. Let's talk about it. I'm very, very endeared to these shows. So I'm down to have all the internet conversation y'all down to have because <laughs> this these shows, if I decide to mention them on the watch list, they fire to me. So definitely hit me up. Also, make sure you are tuned in to the NRW YouTube channel that's Nerds Rule the World so you can catch me and my homie Webster Style doing the fucking uh, NRW checkpoint where we go over the new releases in the gaming world and just any, you know, new news that has taken over the gaming world. So, uh, yeah, that's the NRW Nerds Rule the World YouTube channel. And like I said, I gave my socials already. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. And that is it for this particular installment of the watch list on my Talk and Play Blurcast. I'll catch y'all on a later Blurcast. Cast.